There's a smart new website that will change the way you invest using social media. Like Folio. Here to explain a team of brothers, Andy and Landon Swan, of Like Folio. And they've always been building out great technology at the intersection of social and trading. Powered by unique social data. Analyzed by legendary traders. The Like Folio broadcast starts right now. The check mark that everybody knows. Landon, do you know what swoosh. do you know what that swoosh represents? <laughs> no, I don't. Tell me what it represents. Nike is the Greek goddess of victory. Victory, I knew that. Okay, but what's the swoosh? She's the winged goss- goddess uh-huh. of victory. So the swoosh is supposed to be a representation of one of her wings. Okay, it's supposed to just be that's the- cool. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So we should talk about how the intro is false. Um, while the legendary traders are here, the Swan Brothers are one of two. Andy's busy rocking out a Disney cruise with the family down in Florida. So Nick and I will be handling the duties today. That's right. And we're talking about Nike. Nick is actually probably the f- foremost authority on Nike in the tri-state area. Maybe <laughs> east everything east of Mississippi. This guy knows shoes like nobody's business. So... Nick, tell us what your thoughts are on Nike. So Nike is, you know, it's a pretty interesting backstory. I've been kind of into the sneaker game for many, many years. I got my first pair of Jordans when I was in sixth grade and kind of been hooked on sneakers ever since then. And you're not just, you're not just buying them to wear them. You don't just like them. You buy them as a business, right? Like how you own and trade and sell and. It was somewhat of a business for a few years. You know, I've kind of gotten away from that. Hobby hobby business. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was more of a hobby. and Kind of like it, you do with bourbon. Kind of like I do with bourbon, but I, I don't do it as much anymore with sneakers because it's become really saturated with really young kids that have these bots. So when Nike releases a sneaker online, this bot will go in and grab it within a millisecond. Oh, wow. And, you know, take it to the cart and check them out, blah, 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 all that stuff. So, you know, the, the old man Fenton here is over here clicking away on his mouse with his supercomputer thinking he's fast enough. And nope, I can't, I can't outpace a bot there. Wow. And I haven't, uh, I haven't managed to do the research or really care to do the research to find my own bot. So I've just taken a bunch of L's and dealt with it. But all, <laughs> but all those L's I've taken has kind of turned me off a little bit from the sneaker game. So I don't participate in it as much, but I still have some pretty exclusive uh, sneakers in the closet. Very cool. Yeah. Are you wearing Nikes right now? I am wearing Nikes right now. I'm wearing the Nike Lunar Flyknit Chukka. Nice. Which is probably my second favorite shoe in my closet. It's just super comfortable, very light. They put out some great products. They do. Some great technology. I mean, the company has gone from $50 in market valuation in middle of 2013 to $104 right now. So we're talking about it's a big move, a one hundred percent increase in for two and a half years for a big company that's huge already. Billion. Yeah, right. yeah, that's no joke for a sneaker company. It's not like some digital company that can you know grow and get viral. It's talking about shoes here. Well, you'd be surprised. Their apparel business is equally as valuable. So about thirty-five billion in apparel, about thirty-six billion in shoes. Wow. Yeah, that, was, that kind of surprised me when I when I looked that up earlier this week, but. I, you know, I knew their apparel business was big, but I had no idea it was going to be this big. You know, Jordan brand is a huge, 
huge thing for them. Michael Jordan, they've they spun that off into its its own brand, but it's still within Nike. Right. Made him a billionaire. He kind of made them too, right? He made he absolutely made them. I mean, that's they were they're in a bit of a struggle point when they signed him back in nineteen eighty four, I think it was. They signed him in eighty four. Eighty four. Oh, wow. And it was the first time a sneaker company had done that big of a deal and given an athlete a signature shoe and you know not uh, it wasn't the first time they'd given an athlete a signature shoe but the first time they'd given an athlete a signature shoe and allowed him to have his feedback and all that stuff on it oh wow so it was a pretty groundbreaking situation good move nike yeah great move nike so i'm interested to hear what this uh like folio data sure is looking like for nike so we'll pull up the data it goes back to 2012 um, and you know, you talk about the company doubling in value. It's interesting. The mentions, the number of times that people are talking about Nike has not doubled in value since that time. It's, it's, it's been close. Let me see here. One, two. It's, it's almost doubled. So the brand mentions are keeping pace somewhat with the stock price. It has been uptrending the entire time that we've been tracking. So um, if you were following the like folio data, you would pretty much be bullish on Nike for the last three years. Cool. Um, and that doesn't change now. There's, we're still bullish. It's still going up. Uh, brand mentions, the one-year moving average is, is just constantly going up. The 30-day moving average is uh, constantly making higher highs and higher lows. So you would still be bullish on Nike. The consumer sentiment is what's actually been really interesting. You would think a company like Nike would have extremely high consumer sentiment. And for much of Nike's... Um, much of the data that we have going back to 2012, it's been around 83 or 84%, which is high, but not really that high for a company with such a, a worldwide impact and such a, a marketing presence that they have. Sure. But over the last year or so, that has gone up to about 95%. Oh, wow. So it's, a, it's, it's gone up quite a bit. And um, with that, the purchase intent mentions have been have been going up as well. We've actually seen a, a big spike recently in purchase intent. Um, it's come down off that spike, but um, it's just hit. And so I would guess that the next earnings report may reflect that, uh, which I think is in a couple March weeks. March 17th. Okay, a couple weeks from now. So yeah, overall, it's been bullish. It continues to be bullish. The sentiment's really gone up a lot. doesn't have much higher to go. 95 is... I mean, you don't get much higher than that. And uh, purchase intent, little spike recently, but it has been uptrending the whole time as well. That's pretty interesting. So we mentioned earnings March 17th. Um, at Warren of Wall Street had an interesting tweet about earnings. Nike has had terrific earnings performance in the past five years. And he puts this chart up here where Nike's five-year annual average on earnings is 13.8%. Their Nike one-year uh, average is 22.8 versus consumer products industry one-year average of 12.5%. So almost double the earnings, you know, year-over-year year growth versus the consumer products industry. Wow. that's Well, that's why they've doubled in stock price. Yeah, they're no joke. They're no joke. They're a behemoth. That's now, amazing. Now, as far as trades go, um, I generally don't like to put on any positions you know, this close to earnings. So you made a bullish case there for Nike, which I will take into the earnings event right? and likely put on some sort of trade that has a bullish bias 
you know, going into that earnings event. Like when I say it, going into it, I mean like the day of earnings or the day before the earnings event. So if it's on the 17th, I think it's aftermarket on the 17th, uh, then I would be putting something on the day of the 17th, you know, just, just prior to, to that earnings event. Just to get rid of all that potential movement between now and then. Just to get rid of all the potential movement. And you know me, I'm an options trader. I want to avoid all that implied volatility increase going into the earnings. Right. And really, I want to take advantage of the spiked implied volatility that takes place going into that earnings event and benefit from that inflated premium. Now, before I started talking about the data and how bullish it has been and the fact that it's continuing to be bullish, were you were you uh, a long or, or short kind of guy on Nike? Like, <clears throat> You know, I, you think? I actually, to be honest, had a little bit of a bearish bias for two reasons. One, it's had a lot of trouble kind of at the 65 level in the stock chart. So, right. you know, there's quite a bit of established resistance here. Two, there's... And we're a, pretty close to that. It's like 61 and a half or something like that right now. Is that mm-hmm. right? So we're very close to that that top that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And two, I'm seeing a lot of saturation in the sneaker game. And I'm also seeing secondary values of some of these limited releases not do what they used to do. Okay. The limited release would come out and we would see, you know, four or five X prices on the secondary market. So what what would a normal limited release go for retail? What's a normal price for a limited re- release on retail? Generally anywhere between one fifty and two fifty range. All right. So let's, so let's say, say average two hundred. All right. And then you'd see that go for what on the secondary market? Depending on how limited it is, it could go anywhere between like six hundred in a lot of cases, eight hundred in a lot of cases. Okay. And then some cases you know, fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred range. Okay. Typical maybe three or four X? Typical maybe three or four and X. And you're saying lately though, you're not seeing that same. Yeah, we're, I'm seeing a bump up to, you know, three hundred, four hundred. Whoa, that's a big difference. It's a big difference. So that speaks to two things potential oversaturation and potential brand fatigue. And what I'm also seeing is a shift into Adidas uh, on the secondary market. Oh. Where I'm seeing some you know, Adidas rarely had anything that was worth over retail on the secondary market. Now we're seeing that 5X stuff, especially in like the Kanye West shoes. Really? Yeah. So Adidas brought, he was with Nike. Kanye West was with Nike. His shoes would easily 5X, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. outrageous 10X stuff. And he moved from Nike to Adidas after he did two models with Nike. He wasn't happy with his situation there. Moved to Adidas. They gave him way more uh, creative rights okay. and whatever creative freedom i should say and now his shoes are releasing for 200 on adidas and selling for a thousand on ebay wow and along you know that's i've also noticed other adidas um sneakers starting to you know three and four x you know just some other models adidas has basically taken some pretty great designers from nike that's interesting. Paid him now, a little more money. Let me play devil's advocate because, you know, we're talking about a company with, what, $30 billion, Nike, $30 billion a year in revenue. And these specialty limited edition stuff, I mean, obviously that doesn't look at apparel at all. This is only mm-hmm. shoes. It has to be, the specialty stuff has to be a tiny, tiny percent. But do you think it's accurate to extrapolate the enthusiasm for the secondary market out to all of the brand? Like, how far can you extrapolate that and, and make a real judgment off of it? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that question, but... You're seeing would, a shift, though. I'm, I'm seeing a shift, and, you know, that could spill into 
the rest of their sneaker lineup. It could spill into their apparel, their overall coolness, stuff like that. And, you know, you're seeing a coolness shift into Adidas. And, you know, a lot seeing more and more people wearing Adidas sneakers, wearing Adidas apparel. So maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not. Is, okay. I know you pulled up the data for Adidas. Yeah, we've got that as well. So I'm just, um, cu- I'm kind of curious what that looks like. It's similar. The, Adidas has been, it was more flat around, and through uh, 2012 and 13, uh, but around, in the middle of uh, 2014 or so, it started to uptrend. It's been uptrending ever since. We're talking about brand mentions, purchase intent the same. Um, the big difference, though, was uh, sentiment. It actually has, you know, it was, I guess it was around the same level as Nike. It ran up a little sooner, uh, but has had a, a much higher jump up. I wonder if it was around when Kanye switched. Uh, do you know when the, what the date on that was? Because there was a spike in sentiment for Adidas, and I bet you that's what that was from. I think his first sneaker released about a year ago. Okay. It's, good. it's just the Yeezy 350. Yeezy 350. The Yeezy that's 350, awesome. yeah. So their sentiment is uh, right around Nike's. They've had a similar story there, around 95%, which again, very high. Um, and again, they've had a recent bump up in purchase intent. So it's very similar looking. I would say that the the entire history is stronger on the Nike side. It's been a more of an uptrending uh, brand mentions and purchase intent, which kind of fits the stock chart as well. Nike's been just going up and up and up for years, whereas Adidas has had some trouble. Um, but I would say that overall they're very similar. Okay. The, da- the data for Adidas correlates better with the stock chart? Um. I'd say Nike's is better because really? Nike's has just been going up. Both stock and the brand mentions and purchase intent have just been going up. Adidas was flat while it kind of topped out and, and pulled back. So we didn't, our data didn't show a pullback coming. It, it did show a lack of growth, but it didn't show a pullback coming. So you would have been kind of neutral and you would have been a little surprised by the sell off. Uh, and I'm talking about from basically throughout all of 2014. Cool. Uh, lately though, it has ran up. And, you know, we've seen it, we've seen spikes that corresponded to um, moves in earn, after earnings events. So the data is solid on both, but I would, uh, I like the fact that Nike's has been just up, 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 and the stock has done the same. Yeah, Adidas has had a pretty nice run from 36 to low 50s here in the past few months. So, you know, there's definitely been a, a really strong run after a consolidation period. Right. The problem with Adidas is there's no options available. The stock is nowhere near as liquid as Nike because Adidas is technically an ADR. Um, it's I think it's um, naturally traded on like the European market right. or the German stock market, and you know they do an ADR here, so there's not nearly as much liquidity as there is in Nike. So I would prefer Nike as a trader, but I think as you know, going on my concept here, right. if, if there is any merit to the, the secondary market, yeah, the coolness shift. Gotcha. Then. Maybe I would do bullish positioning in both, but put a little more capital towards um, Adidas than okay. Nike. Now, interesting. What do you think Adidas? What do you think the name came from? Well, all you've heard is "All Day I Dream About Summer," right? Or sports? Soccer. Sorry. Soccer. Yeah, I've heard sports. All sports. day I dream about sports. Yeah, I can apply to all that. Soccer makes more sense since it's a European company. I don't know. You tell me. It's not a. It's not a goddess of victory. No, right? it's not. It's not. <laughs> and I always thought it was all day I dream of sports or soccer. Um, until about two years ago, I read this story about these two brothers that started Puma, and it was uh, Rudolph 
or Rupert or something like that, Rudolph and Adolf Dassler. Okay. Okay. Now they ran Puma for several years and then they had a conflict between them. And so Adolf went and started his own sneaker company. Now Adolf's nickname was Addy, A-D-I, and his last name's Dassler, D-A-S-S. Really? L-E-R. So it's Addy Das. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And then somebody found a way to make it into all day I dream about. That's cool, though. Yeah, and, you know, think about that family. They've got two brothers that started two separate, you know, sneakers slash apparel brands that are just insanely successful. That's awesome. Proud parents. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Adidas is worth $20 billion right now, which is a fifth of Nike, but that's still no small change. Right. What about... Um, Converse and Reebok because Nike owns Converse, Adidas owns Reebok. Are they factors? I don't think so. Um, I it think used to be Nike versus Reebok when I was a kid. Those were the two cool ones. Yeah, Reebok lost its luster <laughs> big time. So are they are they non factors now? I'd say Converse versus Reebok would be more of a relevant competition there mm-hmm. for the for the sub brands. Um, they you know, Reebok is. Not cool at all, in my opinion. Converse definitely has some some coolness associated with it, and a lot of brand loyalty in Converse. So I think Converse is the bigger winner there, personally. But I don't know the numbers. Gotcha. Okay. From a coolness perspective, Converse is the winner. You know, I know we don't talk about fundamentals much, but you know, you mentioned the the fact that Adidas is a fifth the size of Nike. Mm-hmm. They have a um, they have a fifth of the income of Nike. Makes sense but they have half the revenue of Nike. Really? Which means that Nike is much more efficient in their production and selling of, of shoes. Adidas has a lot more expenses per uh, per dollar than uh, Nike does. I thought that was kind of interesting. Absolutely. Maybe maybe Adidas is putting a lot of money towards marketing right now, trying to maybe so get that marketing machine and earn their place back in the uh, higher end of the ranks. But really, I mean... They're definitely doing a great job right now. I think they have a lot of upside potential in the next several years. All right. So if I'm looking to trade this, I, you know, I, I want to avoid Adidas just because of liquidity and options issues. So sure. I'm, I like the Nike side. I like the data on Nike better anyway. I would want to be bullish. Um, there was that purchase intent spike that was, um, I think it was about a month and a half ago. So it's going to be reflected in this next earnings report, most likely. So if I wanted to play that, what would you recommend? Would I know that we've got the double top that we're only a few percentage points away from. So I, that kind of bothers me a little bit. I've got a big history in technical trading, so I see that. But you know, if they beat, they beat. So maybe sell some puts or a vertical, a bullish vertical. What options do I have if I want to go long Nike into this earnings report? Well, the beauty of Nike is their options are extremely liquid. So you have a lot of options with, your, with options. I like that. Um, I wouldn't really recommend something like a covered call because it's way too capital intensive with the stock at $61. Yeah, I want something I can get in for, you know, two or $3,000. Sure. Naked put might be too capital intensive depending on what yeah, type of account you have. That's true. If you have portfolio margin, then you'd be fine. That's true. But I if do, you have standard okay. margin, then you don't want to do a naked put because it's also going to be too capital intensive. So considering you don't want to be too capital intensive. Let's do a vertical that maxes out at the top, at the double top. Yeah, I mean, you could either sell a put spread, which um, I think is a pretty decent idea considering the implied volatility levels are pretty advantageous right now. Okay. Um, but if you wanted to do if you wanted to do what you're talking about there, you could just buy a call spread. 
you know, buy a nice wide call spread. And I think I'd like to sell like the whatever the double top was. What was the double top? Like 65, yeah, 67? Let's call it 65. I mean, around the 67 and a half area, but I think 65, 67 and a half range is okay. anywhere in there. What if I wanted to buy like a 60 and sell the 67? Calls? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that seems like my kind of move there. That way I can participate and I'm not worried about the double top. Uh, there's still a, about a 10% move up before I'm capped out on profit. So what does that, uh, what does that go for right now? If you buy the 60s and sell the 67s, and it's 67 and a half, right? Right, there, right. Then you are looking at a cost of 270. Oh, that's so, not too bad. So 270 debit. I got a little negative theta there. You do, yeah, you'll have some negative theta, absolutely. So it's a little bit of a gamble, but you know that's what we're here for. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's definitely not a, a terrible trade based on the data that you've presented here today. You know you're risking two seventy to make four eighty, so you've got a really nice risk reward situation going on there. Right. It's it's negative theta, like you said. It's also uh, below fifty percent probability of success, but you're yep. risk, you're risking a little to make a lot, right? And it's kind of more like a I'm gonna think about it. Yeah, <laughs> negative theta scares me. I always like to make money if nothing happens. I, agree. I know you do too. I agree. 100%. So I'm gonna look at maybe some other ones. But what are you looking at for yourself? Uh, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until pre earnings, and I'll put on a pre earnings trade that hopefully will get a little bit of downside pressure in the stock into earnings. That would be optimal based on the data here, because then I'd feel even more comfortable. Right. But I do, I, you know, I do like following this data and um, you know putting on positions that reflect the data because so far it's been very successful for me yeah it's i mean it's great it's it's a constant survey of what people are doing absolutely and they, they don't it, i mean if you're talking about buying something on the, that nike owns then you're probably buying something that nike owns and whatever percent that is it might be you know one one hundredth of one percent of people who talk, talk about it but as long as that that rate is fairly consistent over time then you can measure increases against itself over time and that's what we're seeing. And so now, one thing I will mention here is on the earnings play, we did that in Nordstrom's where we did an earnings play yeah. that expired that day, but and then it, then it rebounded the next following we needed few like days. Two more days on it. Yeah. So instead of using options that expire that Friday, right? I think I'll use options with a little more duration so I can stay in the trade a little bit longer this time. That uh, you know what I really like that because we were right on Nordstrom, but you picked we picked the wrong date. Yep, we didn't have enough duration to let ourselves be right. And that's something that you know I talk about this spike in purchase intent being within the last quarter, but um, you know just looking at the history, I'd have to do a little bit more analysis to determine exactly what kind of a lead time we have on this data. So you don't want to lock yourself into it must be this one, it must mm -hmm. be this earnings report when maybe it's going to happen the next time. So. Yeah, all right. You, you've taught me into rethinking this, and we've got a little time before, oh, so that's nice. Plenty of time. We could we can revisit and take a look at uh, some different options and, and put those out before earnings. We'll probably revisit before earnings anyway. I think we revisit and then send a uh, alert out to all the individuals via the Likefolio app. So if you don't have the app, like make that. sure you go to the app store, search Likefolio, download the app. You get the trade ideas for free within the app, so it's a total no brainer. Makes sense. I like that. All right, well, TGIF, we are out of here. You guys have a good weekend.